Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Hello, you beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode. I'm thrilled to be with you today. I have a really soulful, uplifting, really powerful podcast, and I'm so excited to share it with you, and I know that it'll be very powerful. If you're listening to this, there's a reason why you're listening to it. And so manifestation is a topic that we talk about on this podcast that a lot of people have been truly jiving and resonating with. And it's no surprise or coincidence because we're really up-leveling. I think after this year of COVID and quarantine, it's really pushed us out of our comfort zone, really has awakened us in deeper ways to heal our soul. And we're stepping into the power of our truth, our light, our higher self a day at a time. And so manifestation is something that is natural part of the progress that comes when we are up-leveling ourselves. So many of you have probably already heard my podcast about manifestation, and we're going to go a little bit deeper. So my guest today is a New York Times bestselling author of the book, The Art of Having It All. She helped millions of readers worldwide shift their mindset from can't to can. Her new book, The Desire Factor, how to embrace your materialistic nature to reclaim your full spiritual power has just released. This book goes deeper than just manifesting on the surface of just the physical, but towards the personal evolution every day towards creating desires we are wanting that will embrace a full whole individual. And I can't say enough about this book. Doesn't that just sound so juicy? So let's talk a little bit about our guest and the author of The Desire Factor. So today's guest is Christy Whitman. She is a transformational leader, celebrity coach, and like I said, the New York Times bestselling author of The Art of Having It All. She appeared on Today, The Morning Show, and her work has been featured in People Magazine, Seventeen, Woman's Day, Hollywood Life, Teen Vogue, among many, many others. Christy is the CEO and founder of the Quantum Success Learning Academy and Quantum Success Coaching Academy. This is a 12-month Law of Attraction coaching certification program. Christy has helped thousands of people worldwide to achieve their goals through her empowerment seminars, speeches, and coaching sessions and products. Christie's life-changing message reaches over 200,000 people a month, and her work has been promoted by and featured with esteemed authors and luminaries such as Marianne Williamson, Dr. Wayne Dyer, and Marcy Shimoff. So listen in to today's podcast, and Christie's going to talk about her new book and answer the following questions. You're going to learn what desire drains are. These are your common obstacles that are standing in the way of your desires and how we can overcome them. She's going to talk about the seven universal principles to harness your wildest dreams. And she also shares the hidden desire, the number one desire that people are too ashamed to allow to manifest itself and so much more. Tune in guys. This is so good. It's so juicy. You're going to love it. 
Christy, I'm so honored that you're here today on the Time and Talks podcast talking about your new book, The Desire Factor. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be with you. And I'd love to just start of learning a little bit more of why you wrote The Desire Factor and um, what it's about. Well, so for 25 years, I've been consciously manifesting and you know learning and applying um, the universal laws. And this is 25 years of my own personal work, plus work coaching clients for the last 20 years, seeing what works for them, what doesn't. And then since I've been channeling the council, it was their formula for these are the exact steps and this is the order to go in. Because a lot of times people will understand, you know, some of the manifestation tools, but they're not putting them in the right order. So it's kind of like having a combination lock. If you have a certain sequence of numbers, you have to do in the same order, it's not going to open. And so the council was explaining to me that this is really a step by step by approach to manifesting and all the steps, there's seven steps, they all are, are so like intertwined and connected, but it's important that we do them in the exact order. And most people just don't have that awareness. And so I remember, you know, 25 years ago thinking like, God, if there was just some kind of formula, if there was something that I knew that I could just plug and play, that if I wanted something, you know, then I knew exactly what to do. And that started coalescing, that started coming to me. And so I'm really grateful to be able to give this as like the owner's manual of manifesting, so to speak. And so why this particular book is that there's a lot of people that don't understand and have misconceptions around desires. And we, a lot of times, will talk ourselves out of desires. We will, um, you know, not give ourselves permission to have the desires. If we do go for our desires and there's resistance, we then feel like, oh, well, you know, we, we feel almost, dis, you know, not encouraged. We feel like discouraged from from reaching them. And so this is really an opportunity to understand what desires are, what they come, where they come from, how to navigate with them so that we're, we're really manifesting the life of our dreams. And the cool thing is, it's kind of like a cliff note version of it is that the human being, right? Us, Mm -hmm. we are, we always get to benefit from the desire that comes, whether it's the, the, a new relationship or a house or car, or, you know, new career, or whatever that is, the human being gets to experience it, gets to live with it, gets to wear it, drive it, whatever it is. But for the divine self, it's really about who we become in the process of attaining it. Mm, yes. And so that's the deeper understanding is that when we as the human being can say, okay, this or something better yeah. and, and really understand that when something that we're very myopic about and think that it has to be this form, mm-hmm. has to be this guy, it has to be this business, it has to be that person, whatever it is. If that doesn't work out, there's something so much better. We just have to be able to practice faith in the, our divine partnership. I'm like, amen to everything that you said, because even as someone who's, you know, practiced manifestation, I've heard about it for the last 10 years, but exactly like you said, we always have our entry point. And it was kind of like that simplistic, right? That three step, ask, believe, receive. And of course, we need an entry point uh, where our consciousness is at at that moment. Uh, But as it's evolved, like everything that you're saying, I feel like when we get to the point of learning that this desire that I have, 
it would be so amazing and so exciting to have, but I will be okay even if I don't have it. Like getting into that dynamic of that space of like the excitement, but like not needing it to validate our happiness and make us feel fulfilled in a way that we're lacking something right now. Um, I think this is the growth of like the new manifestation. That's why I'm so excited about your book because I think as our consciousness as a whole is evolving and we're shifting and we're growing. I mean, this year was a global consciousness shift. I think this is like now like the next up leveling of understanding um, at a higher consciousness, this idea of manifestation. So I'm so excited about your book. And you talk in your book about what you briefly mentioned, like the seven essential universal laws. Can you briefly walk us through what those are and why they're important? Yeah. So, you know, it's like learning how to play a game, but not knowing the rules. And a lot of times we, again, as human beings, we come into this world, right? Our parents and their parents didn't know about, you know, vibration and energy and really what it takes to manifest and make our dreams come true. They, they tell us what they think it is from their best perspective, best perspective. It could be, you know, you got to work hard and then, you know, and so these are literally like the rules of the game. Like I said, mm -hmm. it's almost like an owner's manual for us to understand how do we navigate through this thing called life by, you know, understanding where desires come from and what to do with them. Because it was like what you said, you know, one of the principles that I talk about in the book is surrender. Yeah. And yet if you're surrendering way before you're focusing and aligning, then mm. you're not using your, your proper manifestation tools, your power. A lot of times people are like, oh, I'll just surrender whatever. You know, I don't really want anything. And that, that doesn't put us in a seat of power to be a creator mm. and to, you know, to be really in a, a place of power to be able to, um, manifest and decide we have the we have the position of deciding and choosing you know we all have free will and choice so these seven essential laws are really essential because they are the rules of the game and it's like how successful would we be if you know we never saw the game of baseball and you go out onto a field and someone hands you a bat and says okay that person on the pitcher's mound is going to throw you the the ball and you have to hit it and you hit it and now everybody's yelling run right and you run to third base well you're out right it's like it just makes sense if you're going to play a game to know what the rules are and so i really feel like these are the the rules and when you really understand them it's like at the basis of everything what we do know from quantum physics from modern science is that everything is energy mm -hmm. i mean we now know this whether it's mm -hmm. a book a person a rock a plant a you know a dog every a manifestation before it actually manifests into some type of form is energy and it wouldn't be if it's not in this vibrational universe and so all energy carries a vibration and that vibration goes out into the universe and collects other vibrations that are similar to it mm -hmm. so for example when we are sending out energy and i'll explain that in a minute when we are sending out energy and the energy is abundance and positive and, you know, uplifting, then we are going to get mirrored back more situations, circumstances, people, events, whatever it is that match that type of frequency. Mm -hmm. When we are sending out lack, not enoughness, fear, you know, those kind of waves of energy that go out of us, then we are going to get more things that match that fear, that doubt, because that's the way it works. 
So when you think about it, we are energy receivers. We have, you know, 10 trillion cells in our body that have receptor sites and it has to be receiving in energy. That's what our cells do. It needs energy to, to live on. The energy to live on is our divine self. So everything is energy. Energy is the divine, right? And we, ha- we are receivers of energy. Now, what happens with most people is they go about their day, they walk into a grocery store, they check their social media, they talk with a neighbor. And if these places or situations or people are negative, a lot of times we're picking up on, because our cells need to bring in energy, we're picking up on the fear and the doubt and the worry without even having to have a spoken word about it, right? right? Your neighbor next door could be freaking out, worried about something and acts like they're all happy and has a smiley face, but you could easily pick up on their energy because we are we influence each other, right? right? But if you are attuned to the energy that you know this information, you are attuned to the energy that you want to experience, for example, joy, right? And you let yourself be filled up with that energy of joy. Now those little energy cups, those cells are filled up. And if you have a cup that's filled up, nothing else can get in there, mm-hmm. right? And so now you're the influencer. So because we're energy receivers, we are now sending out, if we're, if we're receiving in the energy of joy, and we're holding that energy of joy, and we're in alignment. So our words, what we say, our thoughts, what we think, the perspective that we hold, that includes beliefs and expectations, the emotions and feelings that we either feel or don't feel, the actions that we take. This is like how we are like an energy tower sending out those energetic signals. And so being an energy receiver, we send out by those five ways, by thoughts we think, by words that we say, expectations that we have. And when we send out those signals, that's what we get back. And it's a mere reflection. And so that's, that is all done by law of attraction. It's literally like a boomerang. What you send out is coming back to you. Mm-hmm. And there are other laws that are, um, that's a probably thing, the most popular that people know, but one of the most, um, I'll just say it here, my most favorite law, because I feel like it pulls all of the laws together. And the one that is most important for people to learn and apply is the law of sufficiency and abundance. Mm -hmm. Because the law of sufficiency and abundance is everything here in the universe is abundant. We are abundant. I mean, there's just evidence in, in a spiritual energetic realm, there's evidence of abundance. And yet we're on a 3D plane, so there is also evidence of lack, right? So if you think about it, it's like a spectrum. Yes. And on one side of the spectrum is evidence of lack. On the other side of the spectrum is there's evidence of abundance. Now, with lack, lack always feels bad. Mm-hmm. Nobody feels good when they're not feeling enough or when they feel they don't have enough opportunity or they don't have what it takes or that they don't have enough support or whatever it is. When we are in lack, that's when all those negative or lower level emotions come up, fear, doubt, worry, disappointment. None of those emotions feel good, right? On the other side of the spectrum, that's abundance where if you're in abundance or if you're another way of saying is if you're feeling good, you're in the realm of abundance. And that's where all the feel-good feelings are, joy, 
passion, love, excitement, gratitude, appreciation. Well, if it's a spectrum, there's a tipping point between where it turns into lack into abundance. And that is sufficiency. Okay. That's a space of contentment. I'm satisfied. I'm content. I'm fulfilled. Most people live on the side of lack, never to even get to that place where they feel a sense of contentment or, or fulfillment. And that spectrum exists on any subject that we have. You could have a spectrum of money and you could be in lack on money. You could have a spectrum on parenting and you feel really fulfilled in parenting, right? You could have a spectrum of your health and well-being. You feel really good about your health and well-being. Oop, just same subject, but the way your body looks, right? Oop, don't feel like I look good enough, you know? I need to lose that extra 10 pounds yeah. or 5 pounds, right? Yes. So in our consciousness, this is really what we're talking about because we create from our consciousness we have to look at where are we on that spectrum on any given subject. And as it relates to the desire factor is the desires that you have, where are you on that spectrum? Are you more in the realm of feeling bad and feeling resistance about the desire because you're in lack? Well, good news is if you're in lack, we just need to change our own thoughts, words, perspective, emotions, whatever that is, and flip over to the other side. And how do you do that? You find the positive aspects of where you are on that given subject, Mm -hmm. find what you can be appreciative for, what you can be grateful for, find what's working, because nothing's ever all good or all bad, right? right? Right, yeah. So it's really finding those positive aspects and then moving into the realm of feeling good so that on that subject of your desire, you're moving towards what you want by feeling good. What would you say are some of the most common obstacles that stand in our way to really manifest the desires that we want? Yeah, so we are the biggest obstacle. We, we, we really are. You know, we're a lot of time we're, we're fighting against our desires instead of allowing ourselves to have them. So yeah. one of the biggest obstacles is those things I talked about is our own consciousness. Mm-hmm. Is our consciousness in alignment? That's the very first principle I talk about in the desire factor is, is alignment. Are we in alignment with the desires that we want? Because if we're not, then it's like, it feels like it's so hard to go get those things. And it feels like, oh, it's so hard. You know, the earth, the the world is against me and getting this thing. I'm working so hard. There's so much. But as we shift our consciousness, meaning what we say about it, our thoughts, things fall into alignment. And that's one of the things is that if we're having doubts and fears and, you know, those things internally coming from ourselves, then guess what? We're the ones that are in total control of our consciousness, of our free will and choice. And so we can choose our perspective. We can change our perspective. But a lot of times we're looking at our limitations or we feel we're victim to our life and that things are happening to us and that we are not in creative control. And so that's really the first obstacle is our consciousness is our first obstacle. We stop ourselves from having what we want. Mm-hmm. The, the other obstacle, and it also relates, it all relates to lack is feeling impatient, right? Oh yes. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. 
where is he? I've been ma- trying to manifest him or yeah. where is the money? You know, I, I was coaching a woman um, several months ago and she was so funny because she goes, so I'm totally focused on the guy and I know what I want him to be like. And, you know, he, I know what I want to do together and I see the visualization and, you know, it, it's like, it's really amazing. We have a family and she had the whole like, you know, 50 years of her life down the road <laughs> planned out. And she's like, but where is he? I've been waiting so long. <laughs> and I'm like, that's why he's not here. Yes. The focus is on he's missing. Yes. And what we have to understand is whether it's money, a guy, a business, it doesn't matter. If you have in your consciousness, and I get it, because when you don't have something, it's easy to look and go, well, it's not here. Yes. But the focus and energetic connection with the missing does, is in complete opposite to the fulfillment of it. And that's one of the principles I talk about in the desire factor is the principle of having. Mm-hmm. Because when you have that that experience of having it vibrationally, it's totally different than like fake it till you make it. Yeah. We're talking about like vibrationally feeling that you have it, you then are more attractive to it. But if our consciousness is on, oh, it would be so great and wonderful, where is he? How come I don't yeah. have it yet? The anticipatory, like, you know, the, always an anticipation. Yeah. And so, but I get it as a human being, we look at what is, right? And we're like, oh gosh, I don't have enough money in my checking account. The bills are piling up. How can I sit there and feel as if I have it when I don't have it, right? And so I get that. And that that is the hardest part because when you're shifting the momentum of manifestation, that is the hardest part because mm-hmm. our mind wants to go, well, you don't have it. Right. Where is it? You've been thinking about it and wanting it, right? But it hasn't manifested yet. So it's all great and everything. You're doing this inner work, but where is it? And so that's the part that that where is it, right, is coming from a place of lack. Mm-hmm. And we have to find peace in within ourselves to say, you know, it, it's on its way. It's here. I feel it. Right. Yeah. And shifting from the perspective of lack into at least satisfaction. Yeah. So we're not working against it. So yeah. that's another obstacle. The, uh, another obstacle is other people, you know, mm. is other people's opinions and other people's fears. Right. Um, when I was leaving corporate America, going out in my own, you know, 14 years ago as a full-time coach and starting my business full-time because I've been coaching for, you know, six years prior. And I left, I I mean, I had this great job, right? I had a a sales training manager. Ooh, nice title. You know, I had a cushy paycheck that came every two weeks, right? I went into a in a corporate office. I have my own mm-hmm. office. I'm in corner mm-hmm. office, right? So my mom, in her mind, oh, she made it. She got right. the title, the money, the office, right? And then when I announced to her one day, mom, I've quit my job. I'm starting my own business. And she didn't understand law of attraction at all. Doesn't understand why anybody would ever hire a coach and c- couldn't understand internet because I was one of the first people that started a full-time internet business, right? So she didn't understand and she was terrified. So every time I would call her or she would call me, there was this, how are you doing? How, how, how's, how's your business? Are you going to go back to, are you going to go back to work? (laughs) And it was, it was like, God, I really had to center myself in my conviction 
my passion for what I was doing and why I was doing it. And I had to be really mindful because as I was building my business, there were moments of insecurity. There were moments Mm -hmm. of doubt. There were moments Mm -hmm. of like, oh God, I, I need to get a client, right? And to talk to her during those during those vulnerable moments would really pull me off. Yes. And so she became an obstacle, right? Her mm-hmm. her worry became an obstacle. And so I really had to ground myself and center myself in my own conviction so that her energy wouldn't influence me. Yes. For me, one of the biggest uh, ahas was that the journey of manifesting of like having your desire and then the time period as you're evolving, it's like there, that's where the magic happens where your, your soul is growing. Like we are given the gift of time in this 3d realm because we have that planted seed of desire. And from the point that the desire is planted to the time it fully blooms into the physical realm, we have all this time to beautifully, like, as you said, like, get into the energy alignment, get aligned and get in flow. And it's, there's always going to be a gap. There's always going to be the gap. And the, the mind, the human mind doesn't like the gap because in the gap, it wants to figure out the when, the who, the how, the the strategy. It, it, that's what it's designed for. Right. And so when we have a gap between the desire and having it, right? And say we close the gap and we get the desire. Well, what happens? Mm-hmm. We get another desire. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, human time is in the gap. Yes. And so if we're only allowing ourselves to be happy or fulfilled or aligned when we actually get the manifestation, well, we feel that for a minute and then a new desire is birthed from that, right? right? I mean, like like you, I have two boys. And so, you know, it was, it was that situation of, oh, I wanted to find a life partner that I could, you know, be with because I was married before and I loved being married, but wasn't married to the right person. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to create the man I really wanted to be with and I found him. And then what was the desire after that? We wanted to build a home. So we built a home. And then after that, it was like, now let's have a baby. And we had a baby. And then, oh, well, let's have another baby. And and then, oh, we need a bigger house. And let's build a big, you know. So it's like the desires keep coming. Yes. And who you, and not from a place of lack. We weren't lacking any of those things, right? Now we got the kids and now we want a dog, right? There's always a desire that comes, but it's being at peace with and being happy with your life in that gap. Cause there's always going to be the gap. If we can find fulfillment and find the abundance energy and the connection, the anticipatory, you know, joyful. One of the principles I talk about the desire factor is the joyful expectancy yeah, right, like of that. what's coming Yes, that fuels us while we're in the gap. Right. right? And it's funny, like you, I always said I wanted a girl. I wanted the perfect picture of having a boy and then a girl. Mm. And I could have sworn that my second pregnancy, I had a girl. I was having a girl. And I was so excited about it. And then when we went, went to go find this, the, find out the sex, I saw the arm. And I'm like, that's not a girl arm. It was it was just I could tell by the shoulder. And he's got yeah. really broad shoulders. Yeah. And um, they, told, they confirmed that we were having a boy. And so there was a moment of just feeling disappointed because I always mm-hmm. wanted a girl, right? Mm-hmm. And so I let go of that disappointment because again, the form for me, the desire was have another child, obviously have, if, whether it was a girl or a boy to have it be healthy, but my right. preference was a girl. Right. And so when I found out I was having another boy, it was like, oh, you know, there's a sense of disappointment, but I yes. quickly released it because yes. I didn't want him 
you know, swimming in this like disappointment. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to project disappointment on him. So I had to come to a place of great acceptance, you know, releasing the disappointment of that. And so that's what energy mastery is all about. Yeah. And then I got excited. Now I cannot tell you the divine in me knows me so much better than I even know myself. I'm so grateful. I have two boys. They are 16 months apart. They play beautifully together. They like the th same things, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I'm grateful to be the only female in the house. I don't have, I don't have anybody stealing my, yeah, I don't have anybody stealing my shoes or my makeup or you yeah. know, any of that kind of stuff. So it all worked out great. And so sometimes the form, I, I write this about this in the desire factor and the conclusion that a lot of times we have our idea about what the form is. Yes. But when you're in that surrendering place, that's this or something better. Mm -hmm. When you're flowing energy towards a manifestation, that energy doesn't go unnoticed. It's not wasted. The form in its exact you know, way may not form itself, may not manifest, but geez, oh my gosh, the energy is there underneath it and it will manifest into something if we're just at least surrendering and opening to what the divine plan is for us. You know, the universe only ever responds to you in three ways. And one is hell yes, because you're prepared and the opportunity is in full alignment at that moment of preparation. So it's like here, that's, you know, this is for you right now. The other is, is like, no, not yet. Yes, this desire is meant for you. However, we have to raise your consciousness to consciousness in order to hold the capacity of what it is. So you don't self-sabotage it or you don't, you know, it, it's like, you fully appreciate it when it arrives without that fear of lack or worry. And, um, and then the third is no, so there's something better. I got something better planned for you. And I think that if you look at it, there's such benevolence in every single one of these. There's no like punishment. There's no, like I got the raw end of the, the deal. It's like, this is like for our highest good any way we look at it, you know, like the no, not yet, no something better or hell yes, here you go. It's fully aligned. You've prepared yourself for this opportunity to meet you at divine timing and here you go. So I think, um, and when we look at it from that perspective, I think maybe help like let go of that anticipa anticipatory worry of it's all working out. Just let it be orchestrated the way that it needs yeah. to. Yeah, I mean, the real key here is, is that exactly what you're saying is that that total faith that your divine partner has got you. And, and let's and let's talk about that, because that's important. So, you know, we're sitting here talking you and I, I didn't consciously think about taking a breath. I've been breathing the whole time. Well, mm -hmm. what's been doing that? I mean, my personality wasn't doing it. It, it, it's the divine life in me. It's my energy being. It's it's my life force. That's that's the divine. Yes. It's, it's been beating our hearts. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to do that, nor do I ever have to do that. I don't have to worry about, oh, I got to beat my heart so many seconds per, you know, that, that's not something that's on my to-do list. I can't even have influence on that. I can't go in in my stomach and digest my breakfast Right. You know, I, I can't do, I can't grow my nails no matter how much I focus. I, I can't do that. Right. That's part of the divine partnership that we have. And when we understand that from this divine partnership, that there's things that I do as the human and there's things that my life partner, not my husband, but my divine mm -hmm. life partner, my life mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. 
And it is a co-creative relationship. And just like in just basic breathing, basic living, as within, so without, as above, so below. These are spiritual truths and principles that when I understand that I am so much more than I know myself to be, I wrote in one of my books, Quantum Success, that who we know ourselves to be, the age we are, all of our past human conditioning, all of our past experiences, all of our wonderful memories, all of our imprinting, all of our, you know, everything, our upbringing, our nationality, you know, all of that, that we know ourselves to be the roles that we play is only 4% of who we really are. Mm. 4%. Wow. The rest of it is divine, Mm. divine energy. And that's what we're connected to. So if I'm 4% and my life partner is 96% and I don't have trust in that life partner, I think that it's not going to work out or that things are happening to me and that, you know, I'm a victim of circumstances and that life sucks or life's hard. It's not fair. If I have that perspective, that's what, because we create from our beliefs, that's what is going to manifest in my life. But if I have faith, that the divine loves me unconditionally, fully, infinitely, as the council says, and has my back. And like you were saying, it's is, is like, hell yeah, wait, just wait, trust me, you know, it's coming. Or mm, let's get you something better than that, right? Yeah. I, I have a higher perspective and, you know, which it does. It's got a bird's eye view on our life. Sometimes we can't even, our minds can't even see and it's like, this is so much better. You're going to love this. Just wait. Let me let me surprise and delight you. Yes. So when we have that relationship, then our lives become literally just so much fun, so joyful. Does it mean that there's not contrast, things that happen? If people hurt, say something to hurt you or we lose a loved one or an animal or, you know, something we get hurt. Or, no, it's a life experience full of contrast. But what we do with that contrast is essential. It's kind of like what we do in that gap, right? What we do with the understanding that this is not what I want. Okay, Mm -hmm. let me help change my focus, be in alignment with what I do want. And that's where we literally get in the step-by-step process of the desire factor. Get in alignment, focus on what you want, have joyful expectancy, get in the feeling of having, loving your life the way it is, surrendering, and then taking more action and rinse and repeat. Yes. Oh, so good. I love that. Uh, I don't have anything else to say because (laughs) you said it all. (laughs) It's so good. Um, But there is one last question I wanted to ask you. Um, You say that there is one desire one secret desire that most people have, what is that? It's money. Yes, that's true. Because <laughs> think about it. Long, long before you and I were born, someone once agreed upon that money, we need money to buy stuff, right? Yeah. It's a medium of exchange. It happened long before I even came onto this earth, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but yet we have such projections of what our parents said about money or people that have money. When you look at it, the basis of anything, whether you want to get from point A to point B, you need money, whether it's to take an Uber or to, you know, get in your car and, and drive there or to, you know, take a bus or however you're getting from point A to point B, 
it yeah. costs money to do that, right? Yeah. To live in a dwelling, whether it's an apartment, a townhouse, a condo, a beautiful mansion, it doesn't matter. It costs money to live in that dwelling, to have lights, to have air conditioning, heating, right? It costs money. Yet so many people have this love-hate relationship with money. The religions say, oh, it's the, mm-hmm. you know, the love of money. That's the root of all evil. Well, back in the day, what was really written is is that greed, not money, greed was the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And where it's where it's coming from is like, you know what? Don't make money your God. Don't make money the divine. Let the divine be the divine. The divine is your source. And when you have alignment with your source, like we were just talking about, right? There is no shortage. It doesn't run out. You don't, it doesn't get taken from you. Energy and your alignment with the divine is always free flowing. And it's like a treasure chest above our heads. That's mine and mine only. We don't have to compete for it. We don't have to borrow from each other or steal from each other. You know, it's like, that's mine. You get yours. I get mine and it's free flowing. Yes. Right. And every single person wants more money. They either push against it. God, it'd be, I, w- I wish I could have more money. But then they've got this other part of them that's split. Well, if I had more money, that would mean I'm, you know, whatever the programming was. Yes. Like I'm greedy or I'm, you know, ooh, materialistic or, you know, and, and that's, I deliberately put the subtitle for the desire factor is how to embrace your materialistic nature to reclaim your full spiritual power. Because everything that is here, that is material, that formed itself into something, has energy underneath it. And if it has energy underneath it, it means that it also is spiritual. There's nothing here in the 3D world that's not spiritual. Money is a spiritual tool. Yes. And so if we have a desire to make more money because we don't want to suffer, right? Money are freedom coupons. Mm-hmm. When you really think about it that way. But if if someone is wanting secretly more money, but then they're fe- feeling pulled, they're feeling tethered to not want that, there's a split in them. That's resistance. Right. When you're talking about that, it reminded me um, something of Dr. Wayne Dyer. When you were talking about the spectrum, it's like a lot of people like live in that like that lack or that, you know, I, I can't afford it. And then even if you have abundance, like say if you're financially secure, he, he would say that people are so scared, right? They're like, I got to make sure my investments are correct. And I save my money and people don't take advantage of me. So even if you have a lot of money, quote unquote, there's that fear that also kind of like sabotage them to feel comfortable. And he said something and it's so simple, but like, we talk about being enough or feeling like enough as like a human being or a soul or a person. But he's like, how many times have you heard someone say like, I have enough money. And I was like, that really hit me. And I was like, that space of contentment, like for the needs that I have at this moment, I have enough. And then as my needs increase, I will have enough and that can expand. And I was like, wow, that's like revolutionary. I was like, I, I heard this years ago, but I was like, yeah, I don't think I've ever said at that point, I was like, I don't think I've ever said that I, I have enough money. It's always like, I need more or I got to save or I, it was like some sort of other dialogue, like you're saying about the programming. I grew up in a uh, money poverty mindset kind of household. So everything's about saving, don't squander, don't, you know, don't waste it. That's too expensive. 
that mindset, it's take, and I can't say that I'm a hundred percent like completely broken free from that. Cause it's still, Oh, it's been there. Yeah. Still there. Um, but I think being, like you said, like the awareness of it and, you know, having all these resources now to kind of take us from the spectrum, like you said, of the lack and slowly moving us to contentment, to moving us. It's like a gradual process. So yeah, I'm so glad that we are talking about money because it's, but also like dirty or you don't talk about it. Right. You know, it's that sort of thing too. Yeah. It's it's my favorite subject to talk about because it, it rattles people. And if it's rattling you right now, if you're listening to this, good. Notice what it's rattling in you. Is it rattling like, oh, we should why are they talking about money? They should be talking about money. Why? What's why why is money so taboo? Why can't we talk about it? And what's, what's underneath it? What have you been told about money that, you know, is so, Ooh, it's so bad. Right. And and if you actually started making more money and if you actually had more money and you felt actually in a place of satisfaction with money, Oh, wow. What would that be like? Mm -hmm. You know, because most people have a very much a struggle relationship with money and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Even what you said, I, I coach celebrities, like top celebrities and top athletes who have more money than they'll need in this lifetime and beyond. And many of them, like you're saying, like Dr. Wayne Dyer said, who was such a brilliant man, um, mm, yeah. it, they, they are feared, they fear. They got millions and millions of dollars stored away and they're in this place because a lot of them came from not having money. Right. And then they made it big, they had it, and they still have that energetic tie to what it feels like to not have it. So they freak out about it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, how, how peaceful and harmon- harmonic and joyful is life when you're really, you know, worried and anxious about money. Right. If you can just get in a calm, comfortable place with money in a place of abundance with money, a mindset of abundance and, you know, really be in that place of satisfaction, life becomes a lot better and more money is attracted to you. Yeah, because it's repelled. Money is an energy. It's a green energy. Think about it. It's it's one thing. It's one of the things that we are in relationship with that doesn't have an opinion, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't go, "Ooh, I like her. I don't like her. I'm going to mm-hmm. go play with her." I'm, you know, it's not like money says, "Well, you know, I'm going to go there because she's pretty or because she's smart." Money goes where it's welcome, where it's attracted, and money runs away from where it's repelled. And again, it's back to the conversation. Everything is energy, including money. It's what we are giving out. If we are giving out the energy of appreciation and gratitude for the money we have, more money gets attracted. If we're feeling fear and worry, money gets repelled. Right. Right. And it's kind of goes back to the the um, example that you s- shared with the woman who was like visualizing the the relationship that she wanted with a man. You know, we feel comfortable doing that, but it's the same thing with money, right? Like, how would it feel like if you're trying to uh, invite a lover or a relationship or a partner and we're like, oh, I don't want to think about that or no, I can't talk about that. Or, you know, it's like it's just like it's another relationship. So I'm glad that you brought that up. This was such a heart-fulfilling conversation. My soul feels so rejuvenated. Thank you so much, Christy. I loved, loved every moment of this. And I'd love for you to share because your book is now released. Where can our listeners go 
find you and buy the book? Well, they can buy the book anywhere. Amazon, Barnes and Noble books, a million. You could go to the desirefactor.com. It will have all those different locations that you can go. So the desirefactor.com is kind of like a hub for those type of things. And you actually will get a four week um, course that's live starting in May um, so that you can, uh, you know, take advantage of digging deeper into the, into the material. And it's like a $700 value plus processes and stuff like that. So if you go to Amazon, you just bring your receipt back to my website and you can get all those bonuses. So no matter where you go, you can go into a bookstore. If some of the bookstores are open in your local area, mm-hmm. uh, walk, walk your body into there. They should be there. Um, they're all online. So it should be everywhere. Guys, buy this book. If your heart is like soaring and uplifted by this conversation, please go buy the book. I think this is going to be something that's going to be so nurturing for us as we evolve into a new level of manifestation. So thank you so much, Christy, for being here, sharing your wealth of wisdom. I am truly overjoyed that we had this conversation. Well, thank you. And thank you for what you're doing to help so many people be able to manifest. So I think it's really amazing. And I see your book, Meditation for Kids. Awesome. I love it. I'm so grateful that you're doing that because we need to start our uh, younger generation knowing how they powerful they are in meditating and, and things like of that nature. So the connection that they have to their greatness. So thank you for what you're doing. And thank oh, you thank you. Me. That really means so much to me, Christy. And so everyone, it was so good for you guys to tune in. If you enjoy the episode, definitely leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and I will check you in the next episode. Bye guys. If you've been loving the Time and Talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And when you do, I love to gift you my seven-day stress detox course. All you got to do is screenshot your review before you submit it. Email it to me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tools anytime I feel impatient, angry, frustrated, and I come to them almost every single day. And I promise these are the tools that you're going to want to have in your back pocket too. And if you haven't purchased the Meditation for Kids book, definitely do so now. You can purchase it anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Target, IndieBound, Bam. And you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course. If you're a complete beginner in learning how to teach meditation to your kids, this is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.